way you look at things, the things you look at change. What exists, reality itself, is gorgeous. It is the plenum, the fullness of total joy. The universe is a celebration. It's a firework show to celebrate that existence is. Wow, we. For those of us seeking a life of meaning and purpose, capturing fulfillment in every moment of now, seeking the truth of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life podcast. I'm your host, Heath Cummings. And I'm your co-host for the day, Alexis McQuillan. We're here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living or are you killing time? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, and I am back with my fabulous co-host, Alexis McQuillan. What's happening? Why do I have to like shake my shoulders every time you introduce me? <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> What's been happening with you, Miss Alexis? Mm, recovering from burnout. Ooh. Fully, like fully depleted burnout. The worst of the worst burnout where you sleep you know, what, 10 hours a day Mm -hmm. or 10 hours a night and you still wake up and you can't function. So I'm fully recovered. Well, not fully, but it feels like it because how burnout I was. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We had to, we had to actually pause our recording from yesterday because I'm feeling the same thing and we're going to be doing an episode on this coming up. So we're not going to dive too deep on the whole subject of burnout, but, um, recognizing it is one of the big greatest things that you can do. And, I felt guilty yesterday, not just pushing through it because I said, hell or high water, I am not letting anything get in my way in this entire season. But like I've said a million times, this is definitely an art form and it's going to transfer onto the microphone. If you're doing some of these things and you're just forcing it, it's going to show up. But I am recovering from burnout as well, but I am fighting it with everything I've got. I have hydrated. I have gone to the gym despite your recommendations. I have done a whole bunch of stuff and I'm feeling a hundred times better and primarily just getting rest and realizing that I don't have to be Mr. Tough Guy all the time and get everything done all the time. And I can tell people, you know, F off for the day. I'm going to be shutting the phone off and (laughs) bye-bye. Yeah. I feel like you're one of the busiest people I know. So for you to just like shut it down is probably really difficult because you've been in that that grind yeah been in that you know the rising grind <laughs> for so long. grind don't stop <laughs> <Your> man <face. laughs> grind don't stop <laughs> no i mean that hustle the hustle can wait the hustle there is no hustle when you burn yourself out and and that's it but it all uh everything works out in divine timing and we've talked about that a ton and there's uh divine timing in everything and this episode is going to be way better today than it would have been if we would have did it yesterday and I would have forced it because I was in no mindset. 100%. So, absolutely. And the episode that's going to jump in front of this one is going to be chapters one and two of oneness. So I want to say to the listeners, if you haven't listened to that episode, that book is transformative. And I want to remind everybody, I'm going to be pushing this big time because Rasha was nice enough to give us the rights to the book. Please go to her website, which is onenesswebsite.com to order your copy of the book. She has them there much cheaper than Amazon does. She has brand new copies and nearly new is what I think she's uh, calling it for $11.11. So if you want to read along, get your hard copy and 
uh, get it from her website. But um, the book is awesome and it kind of dovetails into what we're going to talk about today and kind of like what me and Alexis were talking about before we hit record on the microphone was that we are or are we? Should I pose it as a question maybe? Ooh. Are we <laughs> spiritual beings having a human experience? I think it's better as a question. Yeah, I like that too. It's like, what resonates? You know what? That's what happened for me. When I had my spiritual awakening, I learned from a psychic medium. And that's the first time I ever heard this before. And it just truly resonated in the depths of my soul. I heard those words, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. And it lifted so much weight off of my shoulders. And I'm curious for you, like, do you, is it a belief for you or is it a knowing? Because for me, it's a knowing. It's not like, oh, I think I believe in that. No, it's a definite knowing. It is, especially at this point, because I've, I've learned so much from the nerdy quantum physics side of everything and reading things about general relativity all the <laughs> way up to listening to different types of philosophy from the Bible to stuff like oneness and listening to some, some fantastic teachers along the way of just so many different types of religion that dive into so many different aspects of spirituality and science and spirituality meld in a way that people don't realize because it's like what you and I were just talking about before we hit record again was polarity. It's almost like science and spirituality are two completely separate polarities of philosophy, belief, philosophy, belief, and religion are literally the same exact word. I can spin them in a circle that a philosophy is a belief. A belief is a faith. A faith is a religion, a religion, you know? So I feel like through all of the things that I've learned, it's only solidified the fact that we are absolutely spiritual beings having a human experience. We are not this flesh and blood meat suit that is just here for, you know, 120 years, if we're lucky to just go into the dirt and disappear never to exist again. It's, it's does not work in, in the ways of physics. Einstein said one of the general theories, what is it? The first law of thermodynamics is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. And that was one mm -hmm. of the things that like, boom, that was the light bulb that went off for me. And it's like, your spirit had to come from somewhere before it came here. So it's also going to go somewhere after it's gone. It cannot just cease to exist. And all of that energy, your thought energy, your emotional energy, just all that stuff that makes up your being cannot just disappear. So that made things so much more interesting for me. And I think just sucked me down the rabbit hole. I didn't tumble. I didn't just poke my head in the rabbit hole. Like it was like a vortex and it just sucked my ass right in. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because like for me, it was like my mom dying and then me kind of discovering all these amazing metaphysical, you know, ex having these metaphysical experiences. But for you, like, were you just like, I'm a quantum physics nerd and I like science? <laughs> and then were you re and then were you reading about it? And you were like, yeah, this makes sense. It was. I think that was, it was always something that I wanted to believe. And I guess, you know, I don't, I don't like saying reincarnation because that makes it sound, I don't know. I guess there's stigmas behind it. Just like the word God, like the word God, seems like a, a finite sure. guy in a white beard sitting in a chair that has only been around for 8,000 years and said, let there be light like a couple days ago, you know, like it's something much more infinite than the word God. And I feel like there's so much, something much more powerful and meaningful than the word reincarnation. But I always wanted to believe that reincarnation was real. And there's so Same. much evidence to support that with, you know, past life regressions and little kids who can remember extreme details about some sort of a past life. Like those stories have to have some validity to them, you know? 
so I always wanted to believe, but then learning more about quantum physics and, and how, you know, entered the whole thing about energy and just how deep our universe actually goes, that it's just so much smaller and nuanced and vibration is the fundamental portions of where particles emerge from. Like just the mysteries of what goes down below the size of the atom is just as big as what the universe is on the other end of the scale. Like the atom is like the midway point. Like there's so much that we don't have a freaking clue about, but something points more likely than not that we are something more than just a human being who maybe stumbles across spirituality and comes up with this. I think maybe I'm spiritual. <laughs> yeah. You know, you like dream it up one day, like, Oh, I think I'm maybe spiritual. Right. <laughs> Wait to go back to the past life thing. Have you heard of that kid? I'm pretty sure it's this baseball player, but um, he, he's very young and he was like, I basically I'm Babe Ruth. Like, before he even knew or he was like this gosh i wish i knew but basically he you know told his parents about this whole past life um and it it comes out to be that it's babe ruth wow have you heard of this no i haven't heard I'm of that i'm pretty one, sure it's babe ruth there's so many stories that are like that though there's just there's so many there's so many like I, there was one i i can't repeat it verbatim but you know there was a kid who actually took his parents to where he had supposedly died in a previous life. And there was all these details that this little kid, I want to say he was like from the age of four onward was, you know, when he really could start talking was when his parents started noticing stuff about it. And then by the time he was like seven or eight, they, you know, they wanted to take him to this supposed place. And then it, it all turned out to be true. So it was just, there's countless stories that are like so that. Many. So yeah, it's, it's um, it's, it's, Definitely. And that's probably one of the main premise of this show and what I wanted to do when I first started this podcast and what I, what I want to continue to do and have people like you um, here as a knowledge base along the way is ask, have people ask the questions of what if, what if this is actually true? Because it's, what is the harm in doing that when the opposite is so boring, right? Like you're born, <laughs> you work, you die, and that's the end of your existence. Like you just, you're here for a blip and you're gone. And I don't like that, you know, like that just doesn't mm -hmm. sit well. Not only does it not resonate with me, but it seems so damn boring. So boring. So boring. You know, when I uh, in the past episode, I think I talked about um, the psychic medium that connected me with my mom. And that was the first moment where I was like, holy shit, this is evidence because there's no way she would have known these details about my mom. And you could feel it. You could feel that energy. And so um, that was the first, that was the moment that I was like, okay, yeah, we, we don't just go in the ground, you no. know, and our energy's just gone. Like right. we're still out there. We're still, you know, supporting the people here on earth. And I'm really excited to like talk about that because the things that I learned versus like what I just connected with before we jumped on is like, so a little bit different. And I was curious if I can tell you this. I'm not sure if you know, like, what the psychic mediums in the world basically tell people when their loved ones pass away. No, I don't. You don't? No. Okay. Okay, cool. Before so, you jump in, I want to basically, this clip, because I want to play the clip that I played for you before real quick for the listeners, but Wayne Dyer, oh, yeah. I've said that all along, that Wayne Dyer, uh, if you're not familiar with him, he, he was one of the most 
a brilliant philosopher, Dr. Wayne Dyer. He passed away in 2014, but he has been one of the most influential people in my entire spiritual journey and everything that I've done here. His, he's, there's a clip of him in the intro of the show. There was in the last season too, and I reference him all the time. And this one clip, he talks about this concept of us being a spiritual being, having a human experience a lot. But here's a very brief clip of Dr. Wayne Dyer, and it was the one that really rang true for me when I heard it. Pierre Tellyard, the great French priest who was excommunicated from the Catholic Church for his outrageous ideas in 1918. Um, he said, you're not here as a human being having a spiritual experience, that it's the other way around. You've all heard it, that we are all infinite spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. And beginning to live our life from this spiritual place, its place of spirit, where we recognize and identify ourselves, not on the basis of what the ego says, which is on the basis of what we have and what we accomplish, what we own, and what others think of us, not based on our belief in our separation from each other, and most egregiously, not based upon our belief in our separation from God. A shift, if you will, to an awareness of, uh, of our own divinity. And from that place, what is possible for all of us? And I think it's that connection of it ultimately leads you to everything we're going to talk about today. And what oneness talks about is that when you realize that you're connected to everything through your spirituality, that you were always a part of it, you've, you've divided yourself off in this brief moment of this experience that you're having in the human experience, and then you're going to go back to that, whatever it is, it's almost foolish to look down on any other person, to fight with any other person, to criticize any other one, because ultimately you are connected right back to them from an ultimate source, you know, and you're literally like one thin veil sheet of paper from that experience to this one. And at some point you're going to return to it, but I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you, <laughs> I'm going to let you no, tell me. I mean, that was amazing. You got, that's, that's so perfect to say. And that's something I remind myself too, of like those moments when you're in the car, for example, and you get pissed off at somebody in the road, you know, is it really that big of a deal? And it comes, if we're zooming out for a second, it comes back to, Hey, I'm just a spiritual being having a human experience. And so is that person and whatever just collision just, or whatever just happened we're going to, you know, energy is going to be returned and we're going to be all one collective again. And that's, you know, that's what I feel. I don't know if you feel that. Are you into the collective? Yeah, for sure. Like it, 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 the knee jerk reaction isn't quite there. Like it takes conditioning, especially from someone who has had such the opposite experience for such a long time. It's, um, it's hard to, it's hard to really empathize with people, but then also it's not. And I got reminded by a really good friend who used to also be in law enforcement that it's like, hang on, you've always been this way. Yeah. Like granted, like you try to put on the tough guy act or whatever else, like every, every one of the guys in uniform or, you know, a lot of people do their egos are so big. They can't be seen as weak in anybody's eyes. Right. Whether it's a parent or anybody, a spouse, but, um, I got reminded all along that I had a, a huge amount of empathy. Like I never really put the hammer down on people. And I seem to care about people a lot. Like I would rather sit there and talk to a person if they were doing something wrong and have them choose to sit in the back of the car or choose to go in an ambulance. If they were somebody who was having mental health issues rather than 
do things by force. And it was like that empathy, that care, that connection has always been there. And it's, it's something that I think has always come through in me and it's come through even more now that I've allowed it to basically be birthed out in sort of like a, like a spiritual Renaissance, I guess, in a way, like it's a whole, it's a whole, whole person type Renaissance that happens. Do you think you lost that at one point? Absolutely. Like I definitely had that as a kid. My mom will say that a million times over like, oh, you'd go to the beach and within 10 minutes of being there, you'd have kids gravitating. I, I, I totally remember that. And I lost it when I was in my late teens and I went into that career field because it was, mm. they just scooped you up, took that young, impressionable mind. I never had, my dad was around, but he, he'd moved and he wasn't like here solidly all the time. And I remember it was just this brotherhood. There was all these guys. Everybody was a tough guy and everybody was, you know, showing me the way. And it was like, they scooped you up and wiped everything away of what you used to be. And you had to fit in that little box again. So it's like, it was there. And then I chose to close myself off in this box. And then I spent 18 years trying to get out of the box. But it was once I was, once I was able to break free, I had realized it was always there. It was, it was basically, it was there and I wanted to express it even more, but it was like a typecast I was in that you couldn't do that, I guess. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, and most people could look at it and say, why did you just do it? Like, why did you have to be a certain way? I don't know. Why do, why do people make stupid decisions all the time? Like the, the point is, yeah, exactly. And it, the, the point is, is just, it doesn't matter how old you are. At one point you make that change. It just matters that some one day you wake up and just decide I'm going to be something different. I want to choose to be more connected, more empathetic towards humanity. I want to do something that brings me more joy rather than this other form of life that I was living. So boom, you wake up and do it. It's true. It's it's a choice every single time. I remember I was trying to like think about something that happened in the past because I feel like I'm a very kind and loving person and I do deeply like it's a weird thing like sometimes like I care too much about like strangers when you know I don't I don't receive that in return which I guess is a good thing because it's a loving mind rather than a transactional mind but um there was a moment where I did um I think I was like 18. I was in a relationship and he would cuss and he'd be really mean. And so, of course, um, you know, you're not really taught to deal with your emotions at that age. So I was really mean and, you know, I cussed back and I remember being like, that doesn't feel good. And so I made the choice from that moment. I don't know if we talked about this, no. but I made that from this moment, from that moment on at 18, I would never, ever, ever um, curse at my friends, my family or my partner. And I would never um, be in that mindset again where I just wanted to bring them down mm. to my level. doesn't matter how much I was hurting. And so never happened again. Mm. And it was a choice. It was a very simple choice. But I don't know. I don't know why I was telling that. I think it's because we place, we think that we don't have a choice. And it's so hard and it's so challenging. And sometimes it's really not. Right. When it comes to like who we are, it's not that hard. Right. It's, it's not hard. We make it difficult. You know, the, yeah. con the connection is, the connection is so easy. It's the hard part about it, I think, is just to break the conditioning. Like I was saying before, you know, and like you and I had talked uh, without getting, I don't get into too many specifics about people, places or things that are currently going on. I, I just kind of like to refer to them as like once upon a time. So yeah. <laughs> as a once upon a time, I've had uh, uh, some interactions that often don't enlighten me much. You know, I have to sometimes deal with some very difficult people 
And I think that I was put into the roles that I'm in to deal with those kinds of people. Like I'm not talking in my previous career path either. Like I'm talking in the last few years, I often have to deal with people who are very emotional over a certain cause or feel very slighted or ignored or just their voices aren't being heard. And it's sometimes it's easy, I guess, in that those instances to put myself into a defensive mode because sometimes what they're feeling slighted on is it's basically like an implication that I didn't do something correctly to listen to them before they raised their voice and became an advocate for themselves. And instead of taking the defensive standpoint on my own and being like, well, you don't understand the amount of stuff that has to happen. And there's so many different things on a priority scale and blah, blah, blah. Shut up and listen to them and put them, put yourself in their shoes. Cause ultimately you look at every single person that you deal with as some sort of a divine interaction. Like if we are these divine spiritual beings having this spiritual experience or this human experience, and we're here and we're ultimately connected. That means every single person is popping up in our awareness for some providential aspect of our evolution, right? So these people who show up in front of me, it's like, okay, Heath, put your ego aside. It's it's big. It still needs to die a little bit. Put it aside and listen to what these people are saying and put yourself in their shoes. Be a bit more empathetic and listen and see them as basically like God in drag. Like there's God in costume. Like they are there in your awareness. And it's ultimately not this person who's coming at you to make you feel slighted or hurt your ego or say that you did something wrong. It's they're there to communicate something to teach you some sort of lesson. So be in that moment and tell, like figure out what that lesson is right now. And that's what's helped. Like that's helped me immensely through some of the most challenging interactions that I have. It's like, to mm-hmm. shut up and listen to them and realize this is more than just these two meat suits clamoring at each other for some sort of a power and control of the conversation. Oh, yeah, totally. I've had some like really challenging, difficult situations um, in, just in the past year with specific people. And I think in the, you know, before I had a spiritual awakening, um, that's what I'm going to call it. Um, I probably would have just uh, dwelled and had and held the resentment, but the entire time when I was experiencing this, I kept thinking, okay, this is for me. Whatever's happening is for me. There's a lesson here. I'm meant to learn this because the fact that it's been so drawn out, like I'm meant to experience this right now. Right. Which kind of goes back, dude, can you see, I'm serious. Like I'm burning up right now. Can you see, I'm like red. You're like talking. I'm like, yeah, man. But like, I'm like, something's wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in Arizona. (laughs) Arizona, but like also like, God, I'm burning up. You're on fire. You're, you're fired up about the subject. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I want to tell you this, actually what you just said really goes into like what I learned from the psychic mediums. And I actually it gave me a lot of um, I felt at peace when I heard this mm-hmm. because um, it just makes sense. But also now, like later on, like years later after learning all of this, I'm still like I'm a little skeptical, but I, I still love it. I still love the idea around it. And I think it helps a lot of people. So are you ready to hear this? Absolutely. OK. Are you sure I haven't told you this? I don't think so. Once, okay. you, once you start to go, so, I'll I'll figure it out, but it doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so basically what the psychic mediums out there are saying is that before you come here to Earth, and they call this Earth School, which I love. It's like, we come here, we're here to learn, 
we have lessons. Um, before we come to earth school, we, for who knows how many times, um, we get together with our soul circle or our soul family. And we kind of sit there together and we think, okay, what do I want to learn this time around on earth school? And you kind of figure that out and figure out your blueprint with your soul family and your soul family is like, Ooh, I want to teach you. I want to help you learn this lesson. So I'm going to come in as your grandfather, or I'm going to come in as your sister or your brother, or this, you know, this type of friend in your life. So we can learn this lesson together. And so basically you come down to earth and it's not like a blueprint where everything's figured out. I love how this um, medium puts it. It's like a blueprint of your house. You have the details of the walls, but you don't know what's inside, like the color of the walls, your furniture or your rugs. So basically you decide this stuff when you get there. So there's a lot of like free will within this blueprint. It's just that you have these specific things that you want to do and learn in your lifetime. Um, And then to just bring it full circle, you learn these lessons. And then once you die, you go back up to your soul family or whoever's there on the other side at the time. And you have these spirit guides and you basically do a review of your life. And you get to see, it's like a movie screen and you see your entire life in the blink of an eye. And you get to be like, wow, like I didn't learn that lesson this time. Oh, I learned this. I'm so excited. Like, I can't believe like I made it through that lesson. Um, And so basically when you're ready to go to earth the next time around, um, the lessons that you didn't learn in the previous lifetime, you basically learn, you you know, you continue to keep coming here. And if you don't get it, you keep coming back and learning the same lessons and adding on as you go. Did I explain that okay? Absolutely. I've, I've heard it explained and I think you've done a better job explaining it in not only a quicker way, but a much more concise and, and okay. inc- <laughs> inclusive towards a lot of, uh, that, that you basically, a lot of people take 20 minutes to a half an hour to describe what you just did pretty well. So kudos Sweet. to you, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's something that it makes a lot of sense and there's actually a lot of ancient schools of thought. And then also, um, there's material that actually backs that up. There's a lot of different, uh, I hate using the word channeled cause it sounds so woo woo, but like the, I love um, it. Use it. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, um, law of one, the raw material, like raw as in the sun God, like the name of my favorite band too. Yeah. Um, it was crazy because I've come across, I want, I want to actually dive into that wholeheartedly at some point, but like the raw material is basically like a collective of higher, higher beings or whatever they want to call it. And the same thing is, is the very intro to oneness. When you first start getting into the book of oneness, it says we are this and so does raw and, and so does so many ancient scripts will, will basically people who encounter some sort of a higher being or whatever it is they'll talk that it spoke about themselves plural it wasn't a singular like i am raw like no it was it was we are like we are this and we are that so it would make sense that that like a next maybe conscious level up from us is a collective like you just said like it's basically a group and uh when i get to the other side i've got a bone to pick with some of these people because they have fudged with me more than they probably should have in this life and taught me some really good lessons <laughs> but i'm mean, going to get to the other side and be like damn that was good that one was really yep. good <laughs> <laughs> i just like think about like let's say like you know you go to the other side and then you're with your soul circle and i just like i feel like the people in my life and my sense of humor and everything like we all just like sit around we're just like 
hey man uh you really fucked with me this time <laughs> and just like i don't know just laughing about everything that happened on earth i don't know that's that's my idea of what would happen on the other side for sure for me and my wife's had some realizations about this as well like she has a very limited amount of family like she came here from czechoslovakia when she was four years old and you wow. know, became a city yeah she came here really really young doesn't remember being in the other country came here with just her mom and their dad they split up shortly after they got here and she's she's got some spread out family here and there but they're for the most part they're the somehow the family unit isn't something that was like important in their culture or maybe just their family. I don't know, but ultimately she doesn't have a lot of birth family, but she has so many people that know her and love her here in not only this community, but everybody, like we went to high school together and everybody loved her from high school on says she's the nicest person on the planet, which she is. I don't know how I ended up with someone so great in my life, but <laughs> totally different story. But she doesn't have the family like she sees people with grandparents and parents that care a lot she doesn't have a great relationship with her parents uh you know doesn't speak with them very much if at all with some of them um and it makes her feel some kind of way but then she ultimately comes to the conclusion like i must have had a really huge tight-knit family in my previous life and i just had to learn the polar opposite of that here to ultimately find that it doesn't take blood relatives to make me feel like I'm loved, welcomed and, you know, cared for because so many people care about her more than they probably care about their own family, you know? So it's, it's those little things that whether that's true or not, like if someone comes up and just says, oh, that's a bunch of garbage, why do you think that? Like, what is the reason behind thinking, you know, oh, I just must have ended up with a short end of the stick in this life then. And there's no higher purpose to it all, you know? So like when we think of these things in terms of spirituality. It's like the people who want to smash this down, the atheists, the, the people who just don't believe in any higher spiritual order. It seems like such a wasteless existence, especially from somebody who I think at one point would have considered himself an atheist. I totally believe that everything was circumstantial and that we were just we born we live we die and that i i've prayed to god for help so many times and never got that help ultimately i found out years later that what i didn't get what i said i wanted was something that protected me and led me to a higher road later and that's with the aha that's part of what the the aha process was for me just like her thinking about maybe in my previous life maybe in some other form i was in a different the complete polar opposite situation in my life. And that's sort of led me to why I'm here. It almost gives her experiences a little bit more purpose and therefore a much more life satisfaction rather than saying, woe is me, you know? There's a, there's a couple things like that are really cool within astrology that people can look at. Um, if, if anybody listening to this is interested, there is a, um, there's an app called time passages, time passages, <laughs> and um you just need to know you know your birth date um the exact birth time and i'm saying don't ask your mom go look at your birth certificate and then also where you were born and it'll give you all the details and you can look at a couple different things there you can look at your um chiron where your chiron placement is because that's your wounded healer and for me i'm curious what yours is actually now that i'm thinking about it but for me um there's some interesting things there where like I was a very well-known person and influencer in a past life. And so now one of my lessons that I'm learning is to uh, not be, not be afraid of, you know, whatever happened to me in that past life 
maybe I was hung, who knows, for speaking my truth. Whereas now, like, it is actually very difficult for me to even get on this podcast or get on videos or to share my truth because and it took me a while to be able to do that because I was so afraid that I would be judged or whatever it is. So that's a really cool place to look to see like what kind of lessons um, you're still learning or here to overcome in this lifetime, karma from last past lives. And then also you can look at your self node in astrology and it'll tell you, you know, where you placed a lot of emphasis in your past lives. Like for me, for example, my south node is in cancer, which means that I placed a lot of emphasis on my home life, or at least in, in a lot of my lifetimes, um, meaning that I took care of a lot of people. I stayed in the house. I, um, you know, maybe I had a husband or a wife or whoever, um, and I just took care of them and the children. Whereas in this lifetime, I'm really, it's very important for me not to fall behind and be with somebody that is, um, you know, whether it's making more money or is famous or is the breadwinner, because for me, it's to go out there and and be on my own and, and adult. Like that's my, that is my, like one of my life themes is adulting. <laughs> no one likes adulting though. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a but tough, it's so it's true a tough because role. I dated this guy. Oh, I'm actually excited to talk about this now that I can. Um, when my boyfriend and I broke up briefly for like six months in 2019, I dated this guy who made a shit ton of money. And he was like super controlling and manipulative. And I'm so proud of myself for not like just because he would be like, yeah, just quit your job. Like you can build a home office and build your business in one of the offices, like doing whatever he could to just like keep me put. He'd be like, I just want you to like be my trophy wife. Um and go to Whole Foods and shit. And I'm so proud of myself because I think if I was younger, I would have been like, oh, this this is an awesome deal. Like I can just like build my business and, and not have to work right now. Right. Whereas I was fighting tooth and nail to like not be in that relationship and be like, no, you can't control me. Like I was total feminist. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily that didn't work out, but that was so such a lesson. Like I fully believe no matter what happened to that relationship, that was meant for me. And I'm so grateful that that happened. Um, and that he was brought into my life because man, like there's nobody that can hold me down now after that, because that was like an ultimate test for me. Nobody, but you, you're the only yeah, person I'm sorry, I can. I just like talked so long. No, they, they... <laughs> You have a microphone for a reason. <laughs> no, like that's that's an awesome experience. And the thing is, is that there may be other people out there who need to hear exactly what you said. Like there, there are these divine things, you know, like you could you could look at the the breakup in a relationship as something that is like a weakness or something, right? Like you have a long-term relationship, but you broke up for a short time and people could look down on it and be like, oh, those people who break up and get back together. It's like, no, you know what? Sometimes those situations where people do break up and get back together, they had to do some sort of growth that they weren't going to do if they would have stayed together. Ultimately, oh, I mean, my wife and I actually had problems. And I don't talk about it too much, but I was unbearable after the, the second cancer. I went through a really, really tough time. And that was where like my entire spiritual journey and like I that was my rock bottom. Like I've gone through several dark nights of the soul. 2010, 2011 was my darkest one. 2017 was a very close shade to it in a whole different way. But we had to split up for, for quite a bit. And it was like, 
here I am, uh, this this girl that I pretty much obsessed about all through high school. We got out of high school, <laughs> didn't date. We dated very briefly, something just little in high school. Then our paths crossed again two years after we graduated. We worked for the same place. And she just happened to just bump into me one day and then her car got hit or something like the day that her boyfriend broke up with her, her car got hit and I had to do the accident report on it. So like pushed us right back together again. Like I knew she was there. We'd already talked and it was it was like divine intervention that we were just meant to be together. And then here we were 10 years after that splitting up or potentially going to split up. I'm like what the hell did I do? Like, what kind of person am I that I could squander literally the nicest person that I've ever met in my entire life and care the world about because of whatever I went through? Like, if I didn't do that, I don't know if I would have ever shifted to look at life in a completely different perspective. Like, I went through this whole, uh, you know, I got cancer again. I had witnessed a whole bunch of bad stuff on the job that same year. And then that happened. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And it's like without that growth period, like with the same thing you're talking about, without interacting with this particular person, you might not have felt that power that you're standing in now. Like, I'm going to do this stuff for myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If you never had that experience, you may not have the drive that you have now to do all the things that you're up to and all the ambitions that you have right now that are likely going to mm-hmm. lead to a massive stage someday for you. So it, it, it's all a divine interaction. And I think that's if everybody could manage to put the pause on their life at certain times of their life to look at the tough stuff that they're supposedly going through in a moment. Like, what is this thing teaching me right now? It's so hard, but I have to say the more awareness you have within your life of these concepts of the the fact that you are an immensely powerful and likely infinite spiritual being that you bring that into this present moment more and more often you stop being weeks away or days away from a lesson happening and you realizing what the purpose of it was to almost having it happen within the moment like oh this is happening right now to teach me this and i'm learning it right now and that causes you to have those divine interactions rather than monday morning quarterbacking your interaction with somebody and saying man i wish i handled it this way you starting to tighten up the time frame and then all of a sudden i'm interacting with this person in a way that is not only of my highest level but i'm raising this person up to their highest level too. Like that's the evolution that comes out of all these things that we're talking about, these tough times that maybe could glance right over and you look at them as a tough time in your life or a negative, you know, you look at them in a positive way and it has a whole different, I guess, purpose in your life. Yeah. End scene. That End was scene. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> that was so perfectly said. He like, I'm like, yeah. And that's that, guys. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, drop the mic, man. No, I, uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention that I saw a really cool aspect of, it was something that has popped up in my mind and I wrote down a brief little note on it was how in this conversation of spiritual beings having a human experience that spirit is the complete opposite of the physical. And you might know a lot about this because you are a multi-dimensional master of this kind of stuff. And this, <laughs> this is this is your jam. This is your realm. Um, but how being in a physical body in the 3D is obviously different than what the spiritual would be. Whatever, whatever spiritual, whatever an, another level beyond this life actually is, they are polar opposites of each other. So if you are spirit, you have to basically go to the polar opposite to manifest yourself you have to go to the opposite of what you are and that would be this like the source 
that we came from is everywhere and everywhere all at once and it's in a different form and we basically take ourselves out of that and drop ourselves into this very solid physical form that's only right here right now for a very limited amount of time so it's like the infinite versus the finite the spiritual and all-encompassing to this tiny little microcosm micro speck in the universe that's here for a blip you know so um I don't know. This is going off of like what you just said, but you said everything everywhere all at once. Have you seen that movie? No. I had an existential crisis. <laughs> Watch it. Say this movie again because I will look it up. Oh, you'll love it. You ha- and it, it actually like pretty much the whole cast just won an Oscar. It's incredible. Everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> it's an amazing movie, but okay. I definitely had like a I'm like, oh God, what is life? <laughs> <laughs> those are the best moments we can have, man. Sometimes out of those moments, we find life. You know, we actually do. Find oh, it's so true. Meaning. And actually, now I can go back to what you were saying about like the polarity. And this is what we were talking about beforehand is like, I feel I was telling you, I was like, man, I've always been always. And that's an absolute been very highly intuitive person like that. It's just a gift I was born with. Um, and it's a direct connection. It's a bridge, whatever you want to call it. It's a source, God, uh, the divine, the universe, spirit, whatever. And I feel like this year it's almost like it's multiplied. Like I feel like <laughs> on fire. It's so bizarre. Um, but maybe it's just different parts of me waking up to consciousness. Um, whereas last year it's almost because it was such a challenging year, I lost faith a hundred percent. And I, I was talking to you about like how I wonder if it's, you know, whether it's the polarity between money and lack mindset, is it the same between, you know, fully knowing divine love and knowing divine faith versus, um, losing faith? Like, are you meant to, to know both so you can know what the highest forms of faith really are? Yeah. You can explain this better. So uh, like basically what you're talking about is like one, uh, basically all of the seven hermetic principles, even up to the, the, the supposed lost eighth principle, they all basically describe polarity in one way or another, the yin and the yang, the, you know, the swing to the left is equal to the swing to the right. There's just, I, I can't repeat them all verbatim, but they are literally all referring to duality and every single duality is a part of an all-encompassing whole. So when you picture the yin and the yang, yeah, they don't exist one without the other. You know, like if the white fish ate the black fish, like it doesn't work, you know? But you have to have that division. The contrast of each other has to be there. The swing to the left has to be equal to the swing to the right. Um, Everything in laws of correspondence, all that stuff. But as you zoom out you know you picture the wave is the wave the the crest of the top of the wave where it white caps or is it the trough that's right before it that's the deep part like it's the whole thing the the wave wouldn't exist one without the other otherwise you know so it's the same thing yeah it's the same thing as when you're trying to picture all of these things that you're talking about in life you you had this really far swing that you were talking about earlier where you went in one direction and felt very disconnected and then you went in another direction and then when you have that really low disconnect where you felt so disconnected from source further than you've had in a long time and then mm-hmm. it springboards you like pulling back an arrow and letting it go 
and you end up flinging forward higher than your lows and highs were before. Like it brought you way back and you fling forward. You're able to literally take a basically like a bird's eye view of whatever your perspective was before because you're at a higher perspective of it. You see the duality of what it was that you went through at a certain time. And now you're further elevated to have a bird's eye view and you can see that duality. And that comes from that goes in and applies to so many different things. And I hate talking about politics, but I'll bring it there real quick. That yeah. when when you see the division and these people fighting over stuff, when you realize that the the two party system was made to go against each other so that they would continue fighting so that the people who are pulling the strings up at the top, you're not paying attention to them. You're arguing with each other over these small, yeah. I'm not going to say trivial things, but you're arguing with each other and you can pull yourself out of that. You can sit back as a person like me and look at the whole situation and just go, this is all bullshit. <laughs> this is crazy. This is all garbage. <laughs> and But you can see that whether you are basically like a mediator and you see two people arguing and they may be both making great points to one end, but they're so dug in to make their points. They're so polarized from each other. They'll never zoom out and see it in the places that they're at. And that's the perspective that all of us should try to aim for in everything in our lives. When we're going through these really deep low points, keep your eyes open because the high point is probably not that far behind it. And it's from that high, you can look at where you were and where you are and just be like, oh, this is why the whole thing happened. And look at that yin yang. Like I'm high enough to not be seeing just the black fish or the white fish. I can see them both. Dude. You are so good at putting my thoughts together. Another mic. <laughs> no, for real. Like you're so good at that. You're you're so good at putting words together. It's interesting. I'm curious if like that just like flows in for you because for me, I see pictures and I see concepts and I see I don't see words. And so and and the energy of words don't really like feel in, in my body or make sense to me. So when I'm putting them together, I'm just a jumbled mess. But you like you're like, I get what you're saying. And so then you can explain it so well. And yeah. it's so beautiful what you just said. Like, wow. I want to like snip it that and like put it out there. There's our know, promo for so the next good. episode. There it is. Seriously, I'm I'm telling you, you have to. That was so good. <laughs> Thank I'm you. Like amazed. But I need I need basically a co-pilot there to help tease the stuff out of me because I can't often just jam on this stuff on my own. Like it's in there. Some things will make it pop out. Most of the time I get this stuff when I'm like at the gym and that's like my 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 go time. But sometimes when I'm at the gym, I've got boxing gloves on. You can't exactly like pick up a pen and start writing down your thoughts, you know. So these things will come into my head from stuff I've listened to and things I've listened. I've just all along the way and it, you know it's all stored back in the recesses of my mind i listen to countless hours of stuff and i just have one of those stupid brains where i could literally be listening to a song have a talk about what we just talked about playing in the background too and still carry a conversation on with somebody and be like paying attention to all of it no i think that's amazing like for me it's i get downloads all the time um when i'm driving or when i'm walking or even right now but putting them into words it takes me a bit to process what i'm actually feeling um, so it's really good for me to write. So just, you know, going off the cuff right here with you, I'm just like, I'm feeling everything, but like, yeah, like you are just, it's amazing that you can just put it into words so beautifully. I love that so much. But I do a lot of it through writing. So I'll, I'll full disclose there, like a lot of the stuff that I'll do on episodes and I'll have maybe a paragraph where it was a really good thought. And I'll kind of have that like on the background on my screen or something like that on a thought that I really want to like hammer hone on something. So I will 
come up with certain concepts and stuff, but a lot of things, it comes from writing. I love to write a lot. I have tons of Google Docs and I know I share mm-hmm. episode concepts with you and stuff, but um, I'll often sometimes transcribe while I'm doing an episode and I'll have the microphone up and I will have it transcribe what I'm saying so I can save it and actually read it later. I'd actually rather read what I've said on a podcast rather than listen to it. I, I just prefer writing and reading more. So everybody's got their ways that it comes out. Like you can't judge a fish's ability to do anything. You, you can't judge, what is it? You can't judge a fish's ability, uh, its intelligence by how well it can climb a tree or something to that effect. I just totally butchered that. So see, <laughs> oh I'm God, not that eloquent that. when my words is. <laughs> no, you're very eloquent. And I actually, I really want to go back to what you were saying before, because for me and my own personal experience, and I know there's others out there just like me, who avoided painful emotions their entire life. Mm. And maybe you're just now being like, or maybe not. Maybe you're like, oh, maybe this will light something up in you. Whereas if you avoid painful emotions, you cannot feel the extreme joy that you can actually feel in life. Like like what you were saying, I love that slingshot analogy. Whatever you said, that was amazing because for me, I, I've been happy, 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 happy all my life. Joy, joy, joy. And not allowing myself to feel the painful emotions. But once I really started allowing myself to feel the depths of emotion, it's so fascinating. Actually, I want to ask you about this. I felt sa- two different types of sadness in, t- in two weeks. I know for a lot of people are like, yeah, duh, of course there's different shades of emotion. But for somebody that didn't allow themselves to feel painful emotion, this is a pretty amazing breaking point that I've had in my life. Um, and I messaged like my, you know, very, uh, emotionally aware friends. And I'm like, Hey, I felt this, does that feel right to you? Like, (laughs) I don't know what accent that is. (laughs) (laughs) So I felt the same with the shoulder shake. You don't know where it comes from. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, (laughs) I'm so red cause I'm so hot. (laughs) Um, I, because of the burnout, I was very, very busy. So I texted my boyfriend. I was like, man, I feel really sad because I feel disconnected from you. Whereas the disconnected feeling felt because, and the reason I'm telling you this is because in the past I'd be like, nah, I'm not disconnected, move on, you know, uh, find a new experience so I can feel joy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't allow myself to feel these things. Mm. And I, and the disconnection, the sadness felt like kind of like a, it stayed in my chest, that feeling and like a kind of like a heaviness in my chest. And then the next week I, um, uh, broke ties with a friend of mine and that sadness felt like a letting go. It kind of just flowed from my chest to my gut all the way through. Um, and that felt more of like a flow throughout my body. Um, but So the reason I'm saying this is not only do I want to ask you, like, do you know, have you felt different shades of emotion, but also in doing so, have you also felt the highs and the different shades of joy or whatever the heightened emotion would be, the polarity of that? Yeah. And I think that is such an important lesson. I'm trying to think of, of moments that I've actually had, but there's one thing that I've, I've jotted down on here, but it's, again, it's back to the polarity of stuff. We cannot fully understand what it's like to be, I want to say fully understand. I think it's very difficult for you to fully appreciate being rich if you've never been dirt poor. You know, someone who's been born with a silver spoon in their mouth, who has yachts and they've 
They can jump on a jet ski or their fancy boat and, and rip up and down the river. They can go out on the ocean. They can do whatever they want. They can travel wherever they want. Those people don't know what it's like to look at a picture on a screensaver or see these gorgeous pictures of where people go on trips and just sit there and daydream and go, man, I wish I can do that someday. I wonder if I'm ever going to be able to go to this place. You know, like if they want to go, they just they just go. And therefore, the experience of it when they finally get there is nowhere near what it is for the people that experience the extremes. Like I remember when I was a kid of having to go to relatives house to have dinner because we didn't have food in the house. And it was just something that fired me up my entire life to work as hard as I have to make sure that's something my kid would never have to feel. But because of that, I've had to have many heart to heart talks that were very emotional ones with my kid. I only have one child. He's a 15 year old boy. And had to basically break it down like you don't know what it is to have your father be 3000 miles away when you want to see him when you want to go do something. You don't know what it is because I've always been there through every step of your life. I've been there through every single moment. He doesn't have those depths of being able to fully appreciate. I know he's very grounded and he does appreciate his stuff, but there's moments in his life where I've had to like basically give him my experience of my polarity of where I've come from so that he could understand like what it is like not everybody has it the way that you have it right now and I think those of us who have come from that other place and if you're still there when you get to that place that you're going to be because if you focus if you, everybody out there in podcast land if there's a place that you want to be you're not there right now all you need to do is focus on what that feeling is and what it will feel like and eventually the inspiration on little moves you can take to get to that place will come to you. And eventually that place is going to come to you. You just have to maintain what that emotion is because like attracts like. You're going to continue to feel lack and woe is me. I wish I could go to this place. That's always going to be what you resonate. But if you look at those pictures, if you visualize, if you dream of what it is to have that dream, eventually that is going to come to you and you're going to find a way to get matched to it. But, and when that does come, you're going to appreciate that so much more than the person who just has things handed to them. So there, that's, that was my, that was my feeling rich and feeling poor. Like that was, that was just something. So when it comes to me, when it comes to if I've ever, you know, what, what lessons I've had as far as polarity goes, I mean, I think that even even when it just comes to the house that I have, I guess the life that I have right now, sometimes I lose touch with it because, you know, I have a journal that I, I wrote back five years ago of the stuff that I said I wanted on all these things I wanted to manifest. I think it was like a bullet point list of like eight different things. I want to say I've got six or seven of them right now. And when I wrote them down, I'm like, I want to be on the select board for my town and run this town. I would love to have a, a podcast that people listen to around the world. Like all these things that were literally pipe dreams, Alexis, when I wrote them down, I wrote them down. I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to get to this place, but here's the shit that I want. And when I looked at it again, I'm like, oh my God, I have so many of these things. And they've like, I didn't even realize I wrote that list. I just happened to be going through a journal and I'm like, wow. And it made me come to the place where I'm like, I need to appreciate everything I've got because I remember how I felt when I wrote the stuff in that book. We should do a podcast on manifesting. How oh, to manifest. 100%. We 101. Will. We will. You know, it's weird that you were just bringing all that up. I just created a post. I'm going to post it tonight about how to man, like the truth of manifestation, because there's so much fluff out there. There is. And uh, I feel like, I feel like I know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask so. you in this conversation of, of spiritual beings and stuff, have you ever heard the concept that 
you know, source, God, creator, universe, whatever people want to call it, that you picture this, this intelligence, this entity, that it was sitting in nothingness. It was sitting in literally the opposite of what creation is at one point and just decided to create. It just, boom, became, it came into existence. Something somehow happened and created this intelligence. And it created this vast universe with all of these different things. There's billions of galaxies, trillions of them out there, each one with billions or trillions of stars circling them and who knows how many planets around each one of those stars. The, in, the universe is so much bigger than we can comprehend. How else would that universe actually learn about itself except by creating beings like us that were basically like the nerve cells on the fingertips of God, right? Like to create for a massive consciousness to understand about itself, it needs something to be out there in the universe reporting back to it energetically. So if we're, if everything was all connected at one infinitesimal point of the big bang or whatever happened, then because I'm really not a, a big bang <coughs> believer, but if everything was all connected, like they describe in quantum entanglement and stuff, and then it all blasted out, how does the universe understand what emotion is? How does it understand what pain is? How does it understand what cold ocean water feels like or a hot sunny day like what heartbreak feels like like all these different things that we experience and take for granted as human beings we're out there is literally like the finger the the nerves on the fingertips of of god and and that's how like, we, we the same way we feel a table or smell a flower and we discover that about our own world we're doing that for some other higher consciousness have you ever heard that concept described that way before no, that's, I was just gonna be like, dude, are you high? I like, totally what's... came up with that all by myself. That was, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so freaking cool. I've never, yeah, no, I've never heard that before. That's fascinating. And I love that. And the first thing I think of it, well, there's two things that, that, that were coming through for me is I was thinking of extraterrestrials. And I think we talked about this before, but uh, I was just having this conversation last night with somebody of basically I don't even know if this relates to what you just said, but it just reminded me of it, of like how, how amazing human emotion is and how basically, you know, they're, they consider them the greys, yeah. uh, those extraterrestrials. Who knows if there's another planet out there that is experiencing emotion the way humans do, right. but I think it's amazing that I like the theory of how there's these extraterrestrials called the greys that basically were like human beings on their own earth or worlds. And over centuries, uh, they ended up becoming so intellectual and so far chased away from emotion that they ruin their planet. And so that's why they're here <laughs> abducting people to learn about emotion again, yeah. to save their race or to be able to experience what they once experience and i thought that was really <laughs> a cool theory and kind of cool that like we are <laughs> the human like you, we get to experience such a range of emotion and then also there was this really cool interview i hope i can get this right but i forget her name she's like in riverdale um i don't know if you've seen this but she was on the jay shetty um jay shetty yeah podcast and she was saying how basically what if somebody came to you and they were like hey, you get to go down to this earth and you get to experience. Yes. Oh, I actually just saw this. Um, yeah. I just saw this the other day. Um, 
I like to think of it as if I started out as this celestial being, this just energy, and oh, the universe yes. or God or whomever said, hey, do you want to go to Earth for an incredibly short amount of time, like a blip, and experience every emotion that you could possibly feel as a human? You get to have all these experiences, love, heartache, anxiety, joy, euphoria, whatever, all of it. Do you want to do that? Yeah. I do. And so when I am feeling these intense feelings, it's sort of like a reality check to step outside and say, although this is a very uncomfortable, painful feeling, it's quite beautiful that I have the capacity to experience it. Like I am so lucky to feel to the extent that I feel and to feel as deeply as I feel because it can often feel like a curse when you're having heartache. And you know, when you're experiencing love, it's absolutely euphoric. And then when it's the opposite, it's a curse. And so understanding that both of those exist in the same timeline and in the same life. And that is sort of something that I use to ground myself when I am stuck in a feeling of darkness. Yeah, it, that, so that was Lily Reinhardt in, uh, on Jay Shetty's um, talk show on his podcast. And it was it was definitely something that relates to this entire conversation because it's like, is that what we, is that exactly what we're going through? You know, it's like, is this the show? Is this where people go? Because we have this broad range of emotion. We have this, this love, this hate, this, uh, you know, this passion for certain things. We have artistic creation. Like we don't know if intelligences from other civilizations can actually feel the types of emotion that we feel. If, you know, they've evolved so far. I mean, there's there's people who report different extraterrestrial experiences and stuff about how they've told them that they don't even they don't even eat like the way that we think of things that are that are all the pleasures of life, food, sex, everything else like that's not something that they experience because it's so far gone from their evolutionary experience that they just basically don't have it there anymore. So it's interesting to think about that. Like, it's interesting to think about that might be part of of what's going on here with us. But that also rolls back to is that why we're all here like are we here at this time for this specific experience and that's actually what is discussed in the first chapter of oneness for Ra of rasha's book is that we've chosen to be here and incarnate at this particular time because of major transitions that are going on in the world and that are going to happen with our species or whatever it is that more people are going to listen to shows like this read books like this listen to podcasts like what lily reinhardt said and grasp these things which is going to lead to a massive evolutionary slingshot of for all of us for everybody for generations to come but can you, i tell you something really cool yeah a couple things um so i was listening to i logged into your gaia and i was <laughs> i was listening to uh this guy who can connect with extraterrestrials and something that they call us as a human race is the masters of limitation because we are able to experience such extreme emotion and experience trauma and experience hardship and throughout it all majority of us overcome and we prevail and i thought that was so interesting because well with the mat like being a master of limitation basically what they were saying is there's so many souls out there that are fascinated with human life because of the emotions, because of the hardship or whatever the human experience is, but they're so afraid to come here because they've lived a very peaceful existence on different planets, you know, whatever. And 
I remember years ago, I was like on a jet ski. And this is before I knew like what other extraterrestrials were thinking. I just thought like, wow, like this must be a really scary thing for souls to come into. Like when you're born and you're just like, whoa, like this, this world is chaotic, right? Especially in this day or actually in all the day and ages. Yeah. And I remember driving, like riding my jet ski and being like, this is awesome. This is kind of (laughs) embarrassing. Actually, this is kind of embarrassing (laughs) that I did this. But I remembered this so vividly. I was riding my jet ski and I was like, God, this is like the coolest thing ever. And then I remember speaking to the universe, like to all the souls that haven't been here and being like, hey, guys, I just I can't do this. I was like, hey, guys, I just want you guys to know like this, like this is what you had to look forward to. Like this is life. Live this life is here right now. And like, (laughs) is that so weird? It's not like that's absolutely beautiful. You chuckle, but <laughs> you it's chuckle, but it's, it is, it is, I've had some of those moments too. It's uh-huh. like, I, I don't wish heartache and pain on anybody, but I wish that people could go through whatever it is they need to go through as quick as possible. Learn those lessons in any way that you need to learn them so that you can end up being on the other side and literally stand there and say, Hey, everybody else live this life, live this life that I'm living, live the life that you need to live, but have this perspective that I have that I'm grabbing a hold of the handlebars of this jet ski. And I want everybody to feel what this feeling is like. That was literally what inspired me to do this podcast. It's that exact feeling, Alexis. So, you know, the the way that you described (laughs) it, the the way that you described it was beautiful. Like it was, it was, it was great because I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly what that feeling is. And I hope that in some way, shape, or form, every single person who listens to this podcast ends up in that place some way. And I hope that you and I have the opportunity to help point them in that direction. And someday they look back and be like, yeah, part of my ride was uh, before before I had the, the the jet ski of life and I was ripping it down the river and <laughs> you know, enjoying myself. Like this was part of what helped build that perspective along the way. Oh, I love the Yeah, the stepping stones to get to that point where you're just so fully present. And like, even the ordinary things are like, this is freaking cool. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they need to see (laughs) the view from the mountaintop and people like you and I, like there's, there's a lot of people who get themselves to the mountaintop and they just stand up there and say, Hey, hurry up and get up here. The view is great. And then there's some of us who stop before we get to the top and throw our hand out and say, Hey, give me your hand. Let me help you up here so you can see this too. There's two different types of people, those two different polarities. So we're going to be the ones who let them jump on the jet ski with us. Right. Yeah. You should have like a message. I don't know if you have like a message platform, but anybody listening to this, you're like, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm lifting people up too. You should message us and let us know, like, you know what this feeling feels like. Cause that'd be really cool to hear from others that are feeling the same exact thing. It would. So that's actually one thing that we can close on is that I'm still learning the nuances of the new Spotify. So Anchor has switched over. They uh, mm. Spotify bought Anchor and now it's Spotify for podcasters. I'm assuming all the features that used to be there are still there. I haven't heard of anything really changing. They're supposed to improve everything. But the listeners in the show notes of this episode, there will be a spot at the very, very bottom where you can click on it and you can actually leave us audio messages. You can do it completely anonymous. 
Uh, you don't have to say who you are. It doesn't record who you are, but it will give us an audio message. So if you're one of those people who wants to scream something from the rooftops that you have this newfound perspective or whatever you want to say, just like what Alexis suggested, there is a place for you to do that. And if you uh -huh. do choose to do that, um, you can say in the message that you want us to play it on the air because I would love to hear it and I would love to play it for everybody. Uh, so I'll actually incorporate it into an episode, but um, we actually do read people's reviews when they come in. And that's one of the things I actually haven't seen any of those come through because I thought to myself that that's kind of a stretch for a lot of people. Like listening to a podcast is one thing, but then having your voice be on it, saying something either, you know, goofy, embarrassing, whatever, be as embarrassing as you want to be. I won't even attach your name to it and it doesn't matter where it came from. But um, if you guys want to do that, that option is there. And I, I we both would love to hear what you guys have to I say. So would love it. Yes, absolutely. Getting excited. Please do it, guys. And don't Please forget do to go on whatever platform you're listening on and leave a rating and review because we will read those as well. I have a couple to read and I like to do them at the beginning of the episode. So I'm not going to read any right now, but in the episodes to come, I'm going to pick those back up. I've got to make the circle on all the platforms that we're listening to on because we are everywhere now. It's in like 110 countries and we are on so many different platforms. It's hard to keep track. So Apple Podcasts is the one that's the easiest for me to check. So if you guys want to do that, go check Apple Podcasts. But with that being said, I'm going to wrap this one up, Alexis. You uh, you have yourself an awesome night. This has been a great conversation. And keep being the awesome spiritual being you are, having your rock star human experience that you're having. <laughs> Thanks. Wow, you too.